0: Tired of COVID? There's no question the pandemic has had a profound impact on most of us. If you're close to retirement, the impact may be that you want to retire now rather than later. On today's show, some questions to ask to see if you can accelerate that big day. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referee, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka, and Steve is the best selling author of Cookie Cut This Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also a fiduciary with over two decades of experience and president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. You can check out his website laurelws.com. Hi, Steve. How's your weekend been going so far?
0: Excellent. How is yours?
1: It's about the same. About the same. Enjoying it. Enjoying the summer weather while we we we've got it, you know? Yeah,
0: when, it, when it's not raining. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And I wish you could send some of the rain out west where they really do need it. So it's a catch-22, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, over over two decades of experience, you've got your book and you know you're so many different you know scenarios to come up on a daily basis that you help your clients with
0: yeah that's that's true and we're going to be talking about one of the things that I like to talk about the most today which mm-hmm. is how we go about creating a plan and okay. and and looking at what your lifestyle is going to be in retirement so
1: Yeah, great. Looking forward to it. So you were mentioning before um, the introduction, there was a survey done by Ameriprise Financial. It showed 70% of the people said the pandemic has increased their desire to enjoy life. Well, absolutely. And if that's you, we are here to help. So we're going to ask you some questions to see if you could start that journey soonish, if that's such a word. Um, (laughs) First one, what will your typical monthly expenses be?
0: Right, so the easiest way to figure out what your expenses will be is to kind of craft a well-defined goal. And I talk about this a lot in my book. It's a whole chapter of my book. Mm -hmm. Um, The well-defined goal is not just some kind of pie in the sky goal. It's actually looking at what your lifestyle is gonna look like in retirement. And the easiest way to start is to look at what you're spending now. Now you might go, a lot of financial planners use these questionnaires and expense worksheets um, and that those are good, but they're not great because what I've found is that most of the time, those are going to underestimate what you're actually spending. Whereas if you look at, if you follow the money and you look at it forensically, meaning you're, you look at what you made in deposits and what actually went out the door. So if you, if you say have, say you're getting paid every two weeks and you're getting $2,000 direct deposit every two weeks. So that's after all of your 401k and all of your deductions, what's actually coming into the bank. So if you're getting 2,000 every two weeks, that means you're getting $52,000 of deposits over the course of the year. Okay. If 52,000 went into your bank account and your bank balance is roughly the same as it was a year ago, and you didn't have any unexpected expenses or major unexpected expenses, and you didn't have, um, any kind of debts that you paid off or you didn't make any kind of additional investments, then basically the fifty two thousand that came in went out the door. And so we use that as a baseline of your spending. And then we look at your goals and we see we see what are the things that you want to do more of. So when you've had the easiest way to think of this and the way I usually walk through this with my clients is when you've had vacation, when you've had time off, what are the things that you like to do? Because usually when you retire, what you're going to do is more of the stuff that you were doing when you were on vacation. Now, for some people, that's fixing stuff. They take vacations and they end up staying home and they do staycations and they, they have they, maybe you like to fix stuff around the house. Mm-hmm. But for some people, maybe it's that they go to national parks and they go traveling or they, you know, so the stuff that you typically done when you've been on vacation, usually you do more of that stuff. Um, sometimes people will retire and it will coincide with a grandkid being born and maybe they're, maybe they're planning to help their children, um, who are probably still working and, you know, maybe watch the kids once or twice a week. Um, so knowing what you're, how you're going to spend your day and actually giving it thought and crafting a well-defined goal, meaning here's, here's how I'm going to, here's what my day is going to look like. Here's the here are the here are the people I plan to see more of. Here are the activities I plan to do more of. And knowing that ahead of time, then you can assign a cost to it. And we can see is that going to be dramatically more expensive than what you're doing now pre-retirement? For a, a good third of the people, studies have shown that it actually is more than what they were spending pre-retirement. And so, you know, we wanna know if there's gonna be kind of a spending surge in retirement. We wanna plan for that. So it's, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely something you want to think of. And so, and then you also, um, are going to look at potentially new expenses, right? Mm -hmm. And so what are the new expenses that might get added now that you have more free time? So if you, it could just be travel, but one of the big new expenses, and especially in the real estate market we're in right now is people are selling their homes and and moving and downsizing because they're capitalizing on a very very hot real estate market where there's a shortage of inventory and prices are going in a weekend prices are going above ask in a weekend um of being listed so you know a lot of people who maybe were on the fence about retirement pre-covid um are now looking and they have their houses appreciated and they say you know I don't really need this big of a house anymore and I could downsize and I could sell now and I have a little bit of extra money. So there's been a confluence of events that, um, have really brought all of this into focus.
1: Oh yeah. Like you said that, that the housing market's just out of this world right now. So, (laughs) you know, that's, what can you say? Um, if you have questions, you know, maybe something now we're talking about, or you had something that's in the back of your mind, you can call Steve, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Um, you know, to, um, there's where your retirement, where are your retirement savings invested and what you've accumulated and what is your withdrawal strategy?
0: Right. And so in order to, to figure that out, we have to start with the expenses, right? Which is Mm -hmm. what we just talked about. Right. And then we have to look at your sources of income, which for most of us is going to be social security. And for some of us is going to be a pension. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's looking at your investments to augment the social security and pension if you have it. And so that's where the strategy comes in is where do you take money from and Is it smarter to start social security early? Is it smarter to take from your investments? What are the right types of investments? How should you be saving as you enter that kind of red zone in that three to five years before you retire? And so it's looking at all of that. And that's what having a plan does for you. And that's what putting a plan together will do for you is it will show you, here's what you have in income. Here's what you need to at when you factor in taxes and inflation, here's how much your investments are going to need to produce to live the lifestyle that you want to live, and so once we know those numbers, then we can align your allocation to produce the income that you need. Um, or if you're running, if you're running um, short of that, then we can make course corrections and adjustments and show you things to do to get you back on pace. And it's something that we do for our listeners. Um, every week we offer fifteen free spots, and we're going to do that again this week. For the first fifteen callers today, we will do a comprehensive retirement distribution plan that's going to look at your goals. We're going to craft that well-defined goal in the first in that first appointment, and we're going to look and see are you on pace for it, and if you are, here's here's where that money's going to come from. And so that's that's something that we do for our listeners, and it's uh, we have fifteen spots open.
1: And that number to call, Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. This is for retirees and pre-retirees, common sense planning. It's straight talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch. You just need to sit down and get that financial roadmap put together and Steve will translate the complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. Again, that number, it's 800-705-9995. 80-705-9995. 800-705-9995. What's on the way next Steve?
0: Well, when we come back, COVID has probably had most of us thinking about collecting social security early. We're going to look at when the best time is to collect social security.
1: And welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. You know, Steve is a sought-after speaker, and he's been brought in to train advisors some of the largest financial firms and insurance companies across the country. And he can also help you with estate planning, financial planning, long-term care, tax planning, and so much more. And is a fiduciary. We, we mention this from time to time, but it is so important. Fiduciary cares about you and your goals and your plans for your future. They're not out there, you know, pushing a product or worrying about to, you know how they're going to make this quota. They're really there for you. So we're going to continue to talk about that survey from Ameriprise. And you know, and people really want to enjoy life. The pandemic taught us anything. You know, you really, you really want to because. Whatever matters most, whatever's important to you. And, the, and we certainly learned that in the last year and a half. So, Steve, let's pick up where we left off.
0: Um, yeah, so yeah. so Social Security is where mm-hmm. we left off. Okay. And, and it, it really ties into what you were saying about being a fiduciary, too, right? So um, a lot of people will start social – actually, more than a third of the people pre-pandemic were starting Social Security early at 62. Now, numerically, that's actually – not in your best interest to do most of the time. So, but a lot of advisors, because they don't want you to pull from their investment accounts, will tell you, oh, start the social security. Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk, we're going to create some common sense strategies for you today Mm -hmm. on whether or not you should start social security early. Now, it's tempting whenever we've gone through something like what we just went through with the pandemic to think, oh, well, I better collect the money while it's there. Right, we right. we see the government printing money. We see, we see people getting sick all around us. Um, and it's natural to think, all right, better to take now. However, when you look at things more, if you detach yourself emotionally from the decision and you look at it just on a numeric basis, if you're 62 right now and you're healthy, if you're a female, chances are, you're going to make it into at least your mid eighties statistically. Um, So most, most females who are 62 that have jobs right now that are earning say $60,000 or more that have above a high school diploma will on average live to 89 years old. And the majority of the people who meet the, the females who meet those parameters are going to live between 84 and 94 years old. And so, um, same thing with a male. Numbers are slightly different. It averages eighty-seven, and most most are going to go between eighty-two and ninety-two. Well, why is that important? Well, if you make a decision to take Social Security out of fear that you're going to, you know, of what's going on right now, um, you take it at sixty-two. First of all, it's permanently reduced. Second of all, if you decided a year from now you want to go back to work. Um, you're capped at eighteen thousand nine hundred sixty. Otherwise, you start to lose. Um, for every two dollars you make above that, you lose a dollar of the social security because you started it early. And if you don't necessarily need the the money right now to live on, then why are you taking it to begin with? Um, it's better to defer it if you're not, especially if you're still working. I I see this all the time, and it blows my mind where people are perfectly healthy, still working, and yet they they start social security at 62. Um, And they do this because of anecdotal stuff like they know someone who passed away and never got their social security or, um, you know, they think, Oh, well, the the government's printing so much money, there's not going to be any social security left. And you can't make decisions based on that social security, if you're already retirement age, no, no one has a crystal ball, but most likely, the the government is going to continue to pay your social security over the course of your life. Um, And so making a decision to defer social security for that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but people do it all the time. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to look at when you're making the decision on when to start social security. And again, this is uh, something I talk about at, at length in my book is you want to look at two hurdles. The first is a financial hurdle. So if you are retiring not on on your own terms, but you're retiring because you got laid off, or you physically can't do it anymore, or you're you know, um, you know, there's some other health issue that you can't you can't continue working, and you can't live without the Social Security, like you can't pay your bills, then obviously you have to start Social Security early, so you wouldn't clear the financial hurdle
1: yeah, so there's lots of different factors to take into account when you're doing that with you know with ch- when you choose to take social security, like if you really do not need it, don't take it.
0: Right, no, absolutely. The decisions you make today have absolutely long- term consequences. So you want to start retirement off on the right foot, um, and so the easiest way to do that is to make sure that you're not unnecessarily shrinking. What could be a vital source of retirement income and could be providing you retirement security into your later years? And so, you know, deferring Social Security, especially when you don't need it right now to live on, um, a lot of times makes the most sense. And then it's looking at um, even if you do need income, does it make more sense to continue to defer Social Security? So let's just say now, we'll give one more example. Let's just say your retirement age, so you're a full retirement age and you're about to retire and you have, you're going to need, say your social security is $3,000 a month and based on your well-defined goal, you'll only really need uh, about 2000 of that. Uh, So then what we would look at is, is it smarter for you to take that 2000 from your investments? And if you have something in a low yielding investment, like a a stable value fund in your 401k. Is it smarter to take that from there and let the social security defer till 70 where you're going to get 8% a year in growth between full retirement and 70. And so it's, it's kind of which, which, which horse do you ride first? And, um, comes, uh, comes full circle back to the fiduciary discussion that we started with is that if someone's acting in your best interest and they're giving you advice in your best interest, they're going to point out, Hey, look, Social Security is going to grow at 8% a year. What you have here in your investments is not going to give you 8% government guaranteed growth. And you have enough to withdraw from here. So let's, let's take from the investments and not from the Social Security. And that, unfortunately, that's not the advice that a lot, of, a lot of people give. And so, But that's something that we do in our plans. And when we put together a retirement distribution plan, we're going to show you the most efficient place to take your money from. Um, we're going to show you ways to minimize the tax impact. Now, you're, if you have pre-tax retirement accounts, you're obviously going to have to pay taxes, but there are, there are there, there's a right way to pull money out and a wrong way to pull money out. And that's what a plan is going to do. It's going to show you the roadmap and the right ways to pull the money out.
1: And if you want to get that plan in place, folks, give Give Steve a call. It's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. First step is to sit down with a financial advisor. And if we're talking about something today that resonates with you, Whether it is Social Security or you just want to get that overall big picture, second opinion, whatever it is, give Steve a call. Get a spot on his calendar. They are filling up fast. So get in now, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. What's coming
0: up next, Steve? When we come back, we'll explore what we can do with that money left behind in an old 401k. It could have a positive effect on your future retirement.
1: And you are tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. Check out his website, laurelws.com. So Capital Research recently released a study that showed that Americans have left behind, get this, over $1 trillion untouched in their 401ks. You heard right, $1 trillion. And if you are among that group, we've got some tips on what you can do to rein it in and put it to work for your retirement. And the first one, cons of leaving your 401k behind. I guess there's plenty of those, right, Steve?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of them. And, it, you know, it blows your mind when you see a number like 1 trillion. Mm -hmm. But when you you think about it, a lot of times, we're so caught up in changing the job and setting up the new job that we're not worried about what was at the old job. Um, And it's like anything, especially if you're not, you know, you're not working with investments as part of your work, and you're not thinking about it. And you're say you're Forty years old when you change jobs, you're not thinking about all right. Well, this other planet's. I'm not touching it for at least another twenty years anyway. I'll just leave it there. Um, but there's you know there's definitely some negatives to doing that. And so what happens is is when you leave that old account behind, typically you're also not paying attention to it. And so you're you're usually staying in whatever the investment choice was. A lot of times the um, fund company or the person managing that old 401k will actually change the investment choices that you're in. So they'll, they'll send you like a a prospectus or a letter that says, Hey, XYZ fund is moving into ZYX fund. And it may or may not be the right thing. Usually that old plan only has a handful of choices. Whereas if you moved it into an IRA, you would you would be able to invest it in any any choice that you wanted. Usually, your old 401k plans are going to have higher higher expenses than something like a Vanguard uh, exchange traded fund or a um, an iShare or some type of low cost index investment. So you can do so much more by rolling it into an IRA. And so it makes a lot of sense to to do that.
1: Okay. All right. And we've got this one. Maybe you can help us out. How to find an old 401k account? Maybe you forgot about it.
0: Yeah, this, this happens more than you you would actually think. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the the easiest ways to begin locating your lost account is by contacting your previous employer or your previous plan administrator. So saying, hey, look, I thought I had a 401k, you know, you call the 800 number or the benefits department at your old employer. I I can't seem to find it. And a lot of times it's, again, because the company changed firms that they're dealing with. um, And you, because you're no longer an employee, you don't have access to their intranet site. So you're not, you don't have the direct link to log in. Um, a lot of times you're at a, in like a former employees uh, portal, and you have very limited information that you that you can see. And sometimes you've changed addresses. So you're not getting the statements. And the danger in that is if you if you forget about it, um, and you've changed addresses, and you forget to update the mailing address. Um, and now it's been you know, five years of inactivity, sometimes it gets handed over to abandoned property and then you have to go um, look through the abandoned property and try and track it down. So, um, you know, there's a registry, there's a national registry of unclaimed retirement benefits. So that would be a place that you would have to look if if you, if all else failed. Um, but what that site does is it enables employers and employees to connect... Um, the retirement contributions with the the right participant. So if you think that you have something that, you know, ended up an abandoned property, um, you know, there's a little bit of extra work to do there.
1: Okay. All right. So now you found the old 401k. Yay. So
0: what do you do with the leftover 401k funds? So again, a lot of this is going to depend on what your other assets are and what your goals are, right? So... People say, is there a right age to do a Roth conversion? Well, let's just say if you're changing jobs at say 35 years old, and say that old plan that you just tracked down is a got $10,000 in it. If, if this past year, because of the pandemic, your income is a little bit less than it normally is, it might make sense to actually convert that into a Roth IRA, pay the taxes on it, and have that money grow tax-free for, um, you know, for the remainder of time before you hit retirement. The other thing you could do is just a plain vanilla rollover into an IRA. What rolling it into an IRA does is it gives you a couple of things. It gives you more flexibility because you can now choose where you want to invest the money. It gives you obviously control because you're the one controlling the investment decisions, not the former company. And what flexibility and control give you is the ability to manage your fees To make sure you're not paying unnecessary fees and so you want to look at what you have too right so sometimes maybe um maybe you're you're kind of living paycheck to paycheck and maybe there's only two or three thousand dollars in the account maybe that would really help you right now avoid a 20 percent interest rate on a credit card right so in that situation maybe it makes sense to just liquidate it and pay off the credit card so there's, there's a variety of different things that you, you could do. It really depends on what your situation is. And you have to remember that the tax brackets are incremental. So what you don't wanna necessarily do is, let's just say it's a larger balance. Say it was a $100,000 401k. Just because you're no longer working with the, the company doesn't mean it has to leave the retirement uh, account as a whole you can roll it over into an ira you pay no taxes for that a mistake a lot of people do is they actually close out their retirement account and it's say it's forty or fifty thousand dollars and say their new job is paying them more money so now they're in a, that forty or fifty thousand is going on top of their existing income and they're paying a higher percentage tax on that and if they're under fifty nine and a half they're paying a ten percent penalty on it so you really want to be smart about what you do. Usually, um, a roll, rolling it over into an IRA is going to be your best bet. But there are situations where it could make sense to do a Roth conversion. And again, in some of those smaller situations, um, depending on your own financial situation, it might make sense to withdraw. But normally, it's not going to make sense to withdraw. Normally, it's going to make sense to roll it over or do some type of Roth conversion.
1: OK. All right. And all these choices, all of this stuff, I mean, if, if someone comes in and says, you know, hey, I, I found this old four oh one K, what can I do with it? Or, you know, I, I just need help. You know, it's just so confusing. Where where do I go? This is something you've helped people in the past with and continue to help your clients with.
0: We do. And so one of the things that we're gonna look at is we're gonna look at your whole picture. So all the planning we do is holistic. And so if if the right decision is to roll it into an IRA, we're going to show you the paperwork that you need to do to get that done. Um, we can even help you set up an IRA that has no no transaction costs that will that will invest in low cost funds. So there are there are a lot of different things where it, it benefits you to work with an advisor. Um, again. We we touched on it the last segment, but you also you want to you want to make sure that that advisor is a fiduciary who's acting in your best interest. That is making sure that you're actually not paying unnecessary fees, so that you're not rolling it out of a plan where you're paying a quarter of a percent into some other plan where you're paying one and a half percent to the advisor. So you wanna you want to make sure that um, that you know everything you do is in a hundred percent in your best interest, and that's that's something we do for all of our clients, and we. Um, We have about five spots left, uh, and we're going to do that absolutely free for the uh, next five callers.
1: 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Today is your opportunity to build the tomorrow that you want. There is no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation. Pick up the phone and call Steve. He is an advisor you can trust. He's got more than two decades of experience. He is a licensed fiduciary. He's there by your side listening to your concerns and plans for your future. Let him put together a lifetime customizable retirement plan for you. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Time to have some fun. Steve, what's
0: coming up? Yep, we got listener questions. We're going to come back with answers for those questions.
1: Welcome back, Greater Orlando. You are tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut, This Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Time now for listener questions. First up is Peter Inapopka. He says, my wife and I are approaching retirement and our financial advisor is recommending that we put about 70% of our nest egg in stocks and about 30% in bonds. This approach seems risky to me. Is it? And my preferred mix is about 60-40.
0: Well, it's hard to know if it's risky, Peter, but it's a great question. And it's a a question that a a lot of people who work with advisors do um, because what a lot of, and I'm guessing it's probably like a big firm that you're probably working with, like a Fidelity or somebody like that. Um, They're using kind of cookie cutter models because they want you to invest in stocks and bonds. But what studies in academia have showed us is that for a retiree, pairing a stock portfolio with a bond portfolio is actually not efficient at all um, because the logic behind the bond piece of your portfolio is based off of a scenario that no longer applies. So, and hence the name of my book, cookie cut this, like the, we don't need cookie cutters. Um, you need to have an individualized plan. And so one of these 70, 30, 60, 40 cookie cutter, uh, allocations is not the right thing. It's looking at your spending and then determining how much are you going to be spending on a given year what are your guaranteed sources of income is there a shortfall so let's just walk you through a simple example peter and so let's just say you're spending in retirement five thousand dollars a month and let's just say you have forty five hundred dollars coming in from pension and social security so you have a 500 shortfall so we would want to have 60 months worth of that shortfall or roughly $30,000 in something that's safe and liquid. We would also want to have something that produces you $500 a month um, for the rest of your life. So another another income source. And so what that does is having that $500, that tying up the, the right amount to produce you an income. So let's just say in order to produce that $500 a month you need say $100,000 in, in some type of an income oriented investment. That $100,000 is going to produce you the $500 a month that you need. Where the, the reason we're still keeping 30,000 in something safe and liquid is because you're going to experience inflation in retirement. So that $5,000 a month is not going to buy the same amount 10 years from now. So you're going to need to pull from, from your other investments. So the right amount of stocks would be that 100,000 and that 30,000. So you would take your overall portfolio, you'd less it by 130,000, and that's the right amount that's in stock. So everything that's left over can be invested in stocks. Why? Because you've set aside five years of your shortfall. So in a year where the stock market is down and you needed extra money, you could pull from that, that liquid bucket, so to speak. And in a year where the market's good, you just take from the stock account. But now you're not forced to sell stocks at the wrong time. So the reason people lose money in the stock market is they sell at the wrong time.
1: Okay. All right. Well, there, I, I learned something. <laughs> Some of these things, you just don't know. That's why, we're, that's why we're tuned in to listen to listener questions. And next up is Daphne in Spring Lake. Within an IRA, is there a tax advantage when withdrawing from in a bond fund versus a stock fund? And what do you recommend in minimizing taxes when withdrawing from a tax-deferred account like an IRA 401k? Couple questions there.
0: Yeah, Daphne, great questions. So is there a difference? No, but it's there it's more complicated than that. So in terms of the money that you're withdrawing. The the government doesn't know how it's invested in your IRA. They just see that it's coming out of your IRA. So if you took $1,000 out of your IRA, it doesn't matter if it came from stocks or it came from bonds. It's still taxed the same. However, when we look at your whole picture, it's much smarter to own your more aggressive investments like stocks outside of the IRA and in in either a Roth account or a brokerage account. The reason being is that the Roth, any money that you make, is tax-free, theoretically your stock piece of your portfolio should grow more, so you'd have more growth tax-free. In a brokerage account, the gains, if you've held the stocks for longer than a year, would be taxed as long-term capital gains, which is a preferential tax treatment. So, in general, your income-oriented investments, it's better to own them in an IRA, but there's no actual tax difference. In terms of minimizing your your taxes, our tax brackets are incremental. So you want to you want to you try you want to try not to jump into the next tax bracket. So you want to you don't want to withdraw so much that it puts you into the next tax bracket. And the big jump um, comes from the 12% bracket to the 22. So for most people in retirement, you want to try and stay in in that the parameters of the 12% bracket, if if you're, if you can do that, um, based on your spending.
1: All right. And our last question comes from Patty and celebration. The more that I listen to your show and learn about the many different financial tools that exist, the more I dislike my 401k and the limited investment choices that I have. Is there anything I could do to broaden my options or am I just stuck with what's on their menu?
0: Great question, Patty. It depends. Uh, but if you're over 59 and a half, a lot of times you will be allowed to roll money out of your 401k while you're still working. It varies by plan, but that's something that you know we could look at one-on-one on an individual basis and see if your plan allows it. Obviously, if you're um, old enough to do that. Some plans will even allow you to roll money out before 59 and a half, but it's usually only what they've contributed to the plan. And so these are the types of things that we're going to look at in a retirement distribution plan. And we're going to put all of this stuff into something that just makes sense. It's gonna show you where you are right now, what your assets and, and, and retirement income sources um, would allow you to live on safely, and whether or not that's in line with what your actual um, projected spending is. And if there's, if there's a shortfall, we, we create ways to, um, to address that. And that's something we make available to our listeners and we still have two spots left.
1: 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. This is for retirees and pre-retirees. Common sense planning and straight talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch. You just need to sit down and get that financial roadmap put together. And Steve, he's going to translate the complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance to get a true practical financial review. And it's going to show you where you are now, but most importantly, where you need to be. And you've got nothing to lose. Get in now, folks. Phones are ringing. Just a couple spots left. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. The show always flies by. Learn so much. And I'm looking forward to next week with new topics and new questions.
0: As am I. And thank you, Orlando, for listening. We really uh, appreciate the response has been amazing. And we really appreciate our listeners. And thank you again. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday evening.
1: We'll see you right back here next weekend for another edition of The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso.